Welcome to Paranormal Northwest, a podcast all about the history and the paranormal of the Pacific Northwest. My name is Rachel, and I'm an avid history learner. I am also an educator based in the Pacific Northwest, with a degree based primarily in Pacific Northwest history and archaeology. I often spend my days molding the minds of 10 and 11-year-olds, then come home and watch ghost stories. Thank you so much for the love and support from the first episode. It truly means a lot, and I'm glad that those of you who have listened and have let me know have enjoyed it. Um, This week, you might hear a few little meows and a bell ringing because I did just get a new kitten, and she loves to be all up in my space when I'm working on my computer. Um, So if you hear that, it's just my kitten, Sylvie. So this week, we are traveling just across the Columbia River from Fort Vancouver to Portland, Oregon, and we are going to be staying at the Benson Hotel. From the Benson Hotel's website, quote, Since opening this downtown Portland hotel in 1913, the Benson has been a hidden gem. Built by the millionaire innovator Simon Benson, this fabled European-style hotel was built to put Portland on the international map. Featuring Italian marble floors, Austrian crystal chandeliers, and a Circassian walnut wood from the imperial forests of Russia. As the last of its kind, no other hotel in the region comes close to the quintessential elegance, amenities, and charm of the Benson. For more than 100 years, the hotel staff has welcomed celebrities, CEOs, dignitaries, and a majority of U.S. presidents. End quote. Portland, Oregon was established in the 1830s as the endpoint of the Oregon Trail. This new and fast-growing city was named after Portland, Maine, 3,200 miles across the continent. Today, you can travel between these two states in two days by car or a seven-hour flight. But in the 1830s, these locations were worlds apart. Okay, confession. I don't know much about Maine, with most of my knowledge actually coming from Haunt Me, which is a great ghost hunting web series based primarily in Maine. But I do know a bit about Portland, Oregon. During the last ice age, much of the North American continent was covered by a tremendous ice sheet that moved back and forth along what is now the northern United States and southern part of Canada. This back and forth movement caused some of the amazing landforms we can still recognize in these areas today. Many of the lakes, such as Flathead Lake in Montana, were created by the depressions made from this ice sheet. In Oregon, this glacial ebb and flow created what is now the Willamette Valley. At the end of the last ice age, the Willamette Valley was flooded with 300 to 400 feet of water. Evidence of this can still be seen throughout the Willamette Valley in the unique rocks and other geologic features found there. Because of this flooding, the Willamette Valley is an incredibly fertile area. Prior to the 1800s, the Multnomah and Clackamas tribes lived and resided in this region, utilizing the incredibly fertile land and the numerous waterways. Prior to the European infiltration of the region, this area had been the most populated area of the Pacific coast. Portland became the fastest growing city in the region during the mid to late 1800s. This was due to the easy access to waterways and the quickly built infrastructure of the new city. The location at the confluence of the Columbia and Willamette Rivers connected the new city to the entire region and still does to this day. Look up pictures of Portland, Oregon, and most of them will feature the Willamette River, which runs through the city. Even if you are just traveling through the city on Interstate 5, you will drive over bridges and right next to the water. 
The people of Portland used these waterways to build the largest city in the Pacific Northwest until the 1890s, when the railroads connected to Seattle to the rest of the region. Today, Portland is home to approximately 650,000 people, the largest city in Oregon and the 25th largest city in the United States. It was in Portland that a Norwegian immigrant left his mark on the region. Simon Benson was born Simon Berger Iverson in Norway on September 9, 1851. If you're listening to this episode on its premiere date, happy 160th birthday, Simon! Simon's family immigrated to the United States from Norway in 1867. Like most European immigrants, they first landed in New York City. Shortly thereafter, his family moved to Wisconsin to join two of his older siblings who were already living there. So, side note, I know that this is a podcast about the Pacific Northwest, but the history geek in me always comes out. The United States is full of amazing stories of immigrants that have been building this country, something that many people today choose to ignore. My own family immigrated to the United States from Norway and Sweden around the same time Simons did. They also moved to the Midwest and established lives that eventually led to me. Today, the state of Minnesota has the highest population of Scandinavian descendants, with 1.6 million people in the state claiming Scandinavian ancestry. Second and third, California and Washington State. A trail that my own family history actually follows. So back to Simon. Simon and his family changed their last name to Benson in an effort to be more Americanized. You saw this with lots of different immigrants around that time, and that was still because even though Northern Europeans were colorfully the same looking as many other Americans who were already here, they still stood out based on their names and also the languages that they spoke. So many immigrants during the late 1800s did change their name to things that were much more anglicized and much more English sounding. So at this time, Simon was only 17 years old, but he quickly learned English in order to work in the lumber business of the Great Lakes region. Simon was able to open his own general store in Linksville, Wisconsin, which was the start of his lifelong foray as an entrepreneur. His store was a success until it burnt down after only three years. Simon, who was then 27, with broke and with a wife and child to care for, with his background in the lumber industry, Simon decided to uproot his family to the Pacific Northwest to work in the timber industry. So, in 1827, the Benson family moved to Portland. Today, the Pacific Northwest region is the timber center of the United States, with the warehouser company dominating the timber industry. However, Simon was working and building the timber industry in the region before Warehouser was even here. Simon's timing was impeccable. The lower Columbia River area was lush with great timber. Simon found a job working in a logging camp for $40 a month and was soon able to buy land and start his own logging business using credit. However, shortly thereafter, his wife Esther fell sick with tuberculosis, and their family savings were eaten up to care for her. Undaunted by his continued success, then sudden hardships, Simon continued to acquire land and equipment on credit, working with a small crew to log his land. In 1891, Esther sadly succumbed to her tuberculosis, leaving Simon in grief and still in debt. But Simon was determined to care for his three children and achieve his dream of of a successful timber business. Simon became a partner in the firm Orway & Wider, 
logging land along the Columbia near Clathamet. Through much of his logging in the Pacific Northwest, Simon encountered timber getting stuck in the waterways, and the slow process of using oxen caused Simon to come up with more productive methods of transportation. So the Pacific Northwest is soggy, to say the least, especially important and all along the western side of the Cascades. Simon was determined to combat this and make logging more efficient and productive in order to help grow the timber industry. He adapted steam locomotive technology to work in the soggy climate, allowing him to cut production costs in half and eliminate the use of oxen and horses in the logging camps. The depression of the 1890s caused both Ordway and Wider to panic, with both selling their shares of the company to Simon. However, Simon took the opportunity to acquire more land, often buying farmsteads that were not prosperous. Simon was able to build a prosperous timber industry while maintaining fair wages and treatment for his workers. With the development of Southern California at the turn of the century, Simon built a mill in San Diego to process his timber and sell it in that region. To transport his timber, he connected the logs with chains, tying them securely together and floating them down the coast to San Diego. These became known as the Benson Cigar Rafts. By 1909, Simon was incredibly wealthy, and he began to sell off his land holdings. It was at this time that he started a decade-long campaign to give back to the state of Oregon and to help build up its infrastructure. Simon had always dreamt of opening a world-class hotel in Portland. His dream was realized when he built the New Oregon Hotel, which was shortly known as the Benson Hotel. Construction began in 1905, and after eight years of construction, the hotel finally opened in 1913. The Benson Hotel was designed after the Blackstone Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. It was created as an annex to the adjacent Oregon Hotel. The hotel was full of opulence, with art and materials from all over the world. Simon sold the hotel in 1919 and passed away in 1942 in Los Angeles. He is buried in Portland. Simon left a lasting impact on the city of Portland and the state of Oregon. His hotel, his personal home, and his bubbling drinking fountains are still seen today in the city and are reminders of what he accomplished. The hotel underwent a massive renovation and addition project in 1959. This renovation added an additional 175 guest rooms to the hotel, giving it a grand total of 287 rooms. The hotel changed hands multiple times over the years, coming under the ownership of the Weston International Group. The Benson Hotel was named the National Register of Historic Places in 1986. Today, the hotel is owned by Coast Hotels and Resorts. Visitors to the hotel over the last century have embraced the splendor and elegance that has endured and been maintained over time. A striking feature of the hotel is the historic stairwell. The historic stairwell is a 12-story marble staircase that is original to the hotel. Along the walls of the staircase are over 160 photos and stories of the history of Portland. The Benson is known as one of the most haunted hotels in America, and who or what haunts this elegant hotel? None other than Simon Benson himself. The namesake of the hotel is seen throughout the magnificent building, but most often on the 7th, 9th, and 12th floors. He has been seen descending the main staircase, 
as well as seen in the bar. Simon, who was a member of the temperance movement, has been known to knock drinks out of guests' hands in the bar. Looking up images of Simon, he is almost always shown well-groomed and wearing a suit. However, sometimes guests and staff of the hotel have seen him in more lumberjack attire, as well as in his suit. Guests and staff have seen Simon throughout the hotel, but no one has ever felt a sense of menace or fear. He just always seems to be watching, except when he's knocking your drink out of your hand. <laughs> he has also been known to direct staff, then vanish into thin air. So as being one of the most haunted hotels in America, Simon can't be the only specter, right? Well, he's not. So he's not the only specter, but he is often seen with a young boy, usually on the ninth floor. This boy is thought to be one of his sons, still going to work with his father. He's also thought to maybe be a younger version of Simon, um, but most people think that it's one of his sons. The young boy can be mischievous, but he hasn't ever been harmful. Guests have reported seeing him next to their bedside tables, then jumping out at them before suddenly vanishing. A guest had an experience where she physically touched him. She reached out, touched him, felt that he was solid, and played a game of peekaboo under her covers with him for a few minutes before he suddenly disappeared. Another of the spec another specter of the hotel seems to be a previous porter who's still working and helping. A disabled guest was struggling to get into bed when the porter appeared next to them and then helped them get into bed before suddenly vanishing. The porter has also been known to hold guests' hands and help them walk down the stairs before vanishing again. He also once helped a couple take their baggage to their room, then disappeared when they turned around to tip him. As with many haunted places, the Benson Hotel also has its own resident lady in white. She has been seen wearing a long white dress with her purse in hand. She has also been seen to be wandering the halls as though looking for something or on her way somewhere. In the hotel lobby, and this is honestly one of my biggest fears in life, visitors may often see a woman wearing a turquoise dress when they look in the mirror. When they turn around and look behind them, the woman isn't there, but she's still seen in their reflection. I don't know about you guys, but that idea of being able to see a ghost or anything that isn't actually there in a mirror terrifies me. I'd rather just see them with my own eyes in person. None of these resident specters at the Benson Hotel appear to be harmful, though. They're all just there, enjoying the elegant hotel that is Simon's legacy. Today, you can stay in one of the 287 rooms for a night, book events in the conference rooms, or even hold an event in the Mayfair Ballroom. However you choose to spend time at the Benson Hotel, keep an eye out for those who may have never left. So, for now, we're checking out of the Benson Hotel. I hope that you truly enjoyed this episode. Even though I know it was a bit shorter than the first one, this will be kind of the typical length. So please make sure to follow us on Spotify, and we're now also on Google Podcasts. If you have a location suggestion for me, you can send me an email at paranwpod at gmail.com, as well as please follow us on social medias, all at paranwpod. Until next week, bye, and thanks for listening.